K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got it. Welcome to Black on Both Sides. I want to have your host, King Kutu 3 x and my esteemed colleague, where we're now locally known, universally accepted, got to say it all right, don't stammer, stutter, or falter, Mr. Bionis. What up, B? What's going on, Kutu? What's going on, listeners? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, it's 1,000% my fault. Uh, we missed last week. Last week was the week of... Mo hearings, what's better than some impeachment hearings? Mo impeachment hearings. But I was in the lovely state, deep in the heart of Trump country. I was in Ohio. Has anybody ever said the lovely state of Ohio? I'm sure Representative Jim Jordan has, but no, generally, probably, probably no. Probably no. That is like a desolate wasteland. Thoughts and prayers unrelated to one... um, Oh, Jesus, what's his name? Uh, Tyrone, uh, was it uh, Terrell Pryor? Oh, yeah. Thoughts and prayers to an Ohio State Buckeye legend. Uh, he's legendary for a few things, B. You know what the first thing is he's legendary for? Um, I've never really followed Ohio State Buckeyes anybody except Eddie George. He single-handedly tanked their program and got several people fired because he got tattoos. Oh, wow. For signatures. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got the uh, the coach before before Urban Meyer. He got that guy fired. He got Jim Trussell, aka the sweater vest, fired because he was a part of some tattoo for signature scheme where the bros could get all inked up in exchange for you know autographed items. What? In sub NC two A says that is a no no. You may not. No, you may not. That goes back to the NCAA rules about getting some sort of compensation for your the sport that you're on scholarship for. Ridiculous that rule. Sort of thing. Ridiculous rule. Well, of course it is. But he got sweater vest and uh, fired and some other people and they got some sort of uh, sanctions is not the right word. They got penalized. And yeah, that's, that's what got sweater vest run and they were down for about two years and Urban Meyer came in and, you know. Yeah. At, Big, big bags of cash and coke and whatever you're into. And he brought in some new niggas. Right. And then they started winning shit. Uh, but in any event, so Terrell Pryor uh, was stabbed at his home in Pittsburgh. Uh, once in the shoulder and once in the chest. He was in critical condition. B, do you know what that was about? I have no idea. Bitches. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was about women, but... Yeah, you know, I don't know the deets... But apparently he was in an altercation with a woman in his apartment and uh, both have been charged. I don't know how you get charged in ICU, but he got charged. So I guess, you know, they started talking with my hands and this nigga got stabbed, which, you know, if you were a woman, unless you were, uh, you know, Leslie Jones, I mean, Terrell Pryor goes 6'6", 245. He's like a little, he's like a, he's like Cam Newton. He's exactly, he's exactly like Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, he's is, laid hands and she, and she, you know, went full, you know, Annie Mae. Is it okay to, the, is it okay to whoop a woman's ass if she stabs you? 
See, we don't have our... Okay, first off. First of all, what we're not going to do, you're not going to get Kunta caught up in this nonsense. We don't know who initiated. I didn't ask you that. None. I'm not talking about their their specific situation. I'm asking, if a woman pulls a knife on you, is it okay to whoop her ass? Wait, wait. Pulls a knife on you yes. or gets stabby? If a woman pulls... We'll go to that. If a woman pulls a knife on you, is it okay to whoop her ass? No. If a woman stabs you, is it okay to whoop her ass? If a woman stabs you, then she has now entered in... The dojo, baby. No podcast. If a woman enter, pulls a knife, only one can leave. <laughs> no, if a woman pulls a knife on you and you didn't, you're not trying to rob her or rape her or something. I feel like, Kunta, I gave you my permission to whoop her ass. Just go the other way. Clearly, she's you know she's not okay. Right. Right. But if she actually gets you, makes connection, oh, well, and then that's two human beings in the state of nature. Right. Someone that's she's threatening your life, and there's only one way to survive: do what you have to do. Got it. That's how I feel about it. But hey, you know, I'm a man of a certain age. But uh, in any event, so Terrell Pryor uh, uh, got stabbed. I think he's going to pull through, but, you know, one of Ohio State's best. That's pretty, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. You know, you're out of the league under the age of like 26 or so, trying to get your life together in beautiful Pittsburgh. And, you know, and all of a sudden, some chick is with that noise. Hate to see it. Yeah. Hate to see it, man. But, you know, that being said, back to beautiful Ohio. So it's about in the 30s and it was raining. And I found myself at an Ohio State football game Fun. in all of the elements. Yeah. Were there was any pretty fucking terrible. Were there any white people naked with paint all over their bodies? Let's get back to that. Short answer, I didn't see them, but probably. Long answer is, <sighs> never in my life have I seen like so, so many unremarkable average white people. And I went to three cities. I went to Ohio. I went to Dayton. I went to Columbus. The amount of white people there were like, 85, 90%. And the other percentage were black people. So the first city you said was Ohio. You went to Columbus? I know. Ohio's a statement. But you, <laughs> said, you, said, <laughs> you said the first city I went to was Ohio? No, listeners, I, I apologize. <laughs> um, B's been under the weather. No, I was in Ohio. Right. The These, first city I went to was in Columbus, Ohio, which is where the Ohio State Buckeyes play. And where are the other two? I also went to Cincinnati, you Ohio. Didn't, you didn't say Cincinnati. Them. That's fine, though. It's okay. <sighs> Don't act this way in front of company. Well, you, hey, look, and then I want to <laughs> listen back, and I want you to say, "Oh, my bad, B. It's cool though, Cincinnati." You know yes. what? I, hey, you know, to, for for the good of the show and our people out there listening, my bad, B. It's okay. I just want to make sure we the, the listeners. I knew apologize. You You're right, and I'm wrong. Okay. By the way, that's another way you handle a woman with a knife uh, who hasn't stabbed you yet. Um, so I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio, which was Ohio State. Uh, Buckeyes play and where their campus is. And I went to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went to um, Dayton, Ohio. Um, so was, why was Kunta in Ohio? He has family there. Was that a good enough reason to go to Ohio? <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, who knows? But anyway, anything, I found myself there, and uh, um, it's Trump country. Like there are Trump, Pence uh, signs everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. 
and like in the yard on cars. It's just a thing. They're yeah. just down with it. They're just with the shits, and they don't know why you wouldn't be. Uh, so it was it was it was a crazy scene, man. It was people wearing um, hunting style coveralls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Latinos, no Asian. Actually, let me. So in my entire three days span there, I saw one Indian guy on campus at the rec center, and I saw one Asian American um, person at the airport in Cincinnati. That's it. All unremarkable white. And I really do mean, and you know, sometimes I say unremarkable and average, and you're like, ah, Kunta, why would you say that? There are all sorts of, you know, look at the late great Senator McCain. He's not unremarkable average. That's not what I mean. I mean, you pick your, any Maury Povich, no, fuck that. Any Jerry Springer show you can think of. These are those people. Right. These are those people. Be honest, almost got in a fight. <laughs> I believe that. I was at the Cincinnati Bengals game on Sunday. Me, my bro Ham, and my cousin go to get out of the uh, the cold, aka go to the concession stand. I'm walking back, and this dude yells in my face, "Stephen A." Obviously referring to Stephen A. Smith. He thought you were Stephen A. Smith. No. Oh. No, he didn't think that at all. He was trying to provoke a reaction. Didn't make any sense to me. I was confused. I don't look like Stephen A. Smith. No one has ever told me that. Um, but, you know, I ran the numbers pretty quickly. And, you know, sure, I could swing on the guy and my brother could take the other guy, but we're in a stadium surrounded by 95% of people, most of which want to make America great again. So, fuck Ohio. But you know what? Be honest, I'm not going to do it that way. So that one asshole who was clearly drunk, we didn't get into it. We ignored him. He let it go. He didn't say the magic word. You know, there's a magic word. Maybe you don't agree, but there's a magic word. If somebody calls you, then you just got to have bail money. Dams be the brakes. Unless you are literally in the middle of a Klan rally. Otherwise, dams be the brakes. I think that your um, fuck Ohio sentiment is 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 warranted because God clearly hates Midwest, especially Ohio. Shout out to friend of the show, Britt Renee, who's probably somewhere ice fishing. <laughs> right. No, I think they're like they're like tropical thunder tornadoes or something that's happening there right now. It was like crazy. Whatever she put it in. I, slack. I guess what you're saying is that the finger of the creator is trying to smudge it out. Right, but it, at least in Iowa, there are jobs. Ohio has no jobs. It's cold as hell. There are unremarkable people everywhere. Like there's absolutely no, there's no reason to move to Ohio. You want to you want to you want to delve into some misogyny real quick? Take a walk with me. Yeah, right. you do. You love it. You can't help it. You love it. So me and my brother. We could not help but notice that when I say unremarkable and average, I'm really not doing it. Uh, I'm not. I'm doing a disservice to what I actually saw. I'm doing a disservice to the listeners out there to tell you to formulate my mouth to let the words come out that most of what I saw was unremarkable and average because that's not true. That's me being nice. 
I don't see the show analytics, to be honest, but I'm pretty sure there's a there's a distinct possibility we may have one person, perhaps two, who was in the state of Ohio, and I didn't want to offend them. But between me and you, these four walls and everybody at the side of my voice, I have never in my life seen so many twos, threes, fours, and fives in my entire life. Well, two and is these not are the people that are even trying. They're trying. They are trying hard. And Ohio Seven is a Los Angeles two. No, it's not that bad. It's that bad. No way. It's that bad. It's terrible. No wonder my family members always comment on how attractive my uh, <laughs> my brother and my. Uh, and myself, how attractive our spouses are, because I see, I see, I see what they see every day. I see it. No wonder they mad. Be honest. No wonder right. they mad. Yeah, they ain't got no choice but to be mad. Why stay? Why? Why even stay? Why? Yeah. Why? So here's a uh, here's some food they had there. Um, so do you the 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 thing to eat in Ohio apparently is this thing called a walk away. You ever hear this? Be honest. No. It's spaghetti noodles. With chili dumped on top of it, and then shredded cheese on top of that. That's just so depressing. Well, being a you know a, a well-traveled man as myself, I try to immerse myself in the culture where I am. So I decided to try it. Wasn't expecting the cinnamon. That that kind of wasn't cinnamon. Expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the cinnamon that came out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, how's that? <laughs> that's what an interesting thing to do that no one asked for. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. The other thing that's interesting is it's brick cold. It's cold as fuck. Right. People are still drinking cold beer at sporting events. Yeah. Ice cold beer. I like I like to think of the weather in that in that region as unforgiving. I'll see you in unforgiving, and I'll raise you a brutal. It's <laughs> okay. Brutal. It's brutal, brutal unforgiveness. <laughs> Brutal weather there. It's the type of weather that apparently makes you want to fight. Because the Ohio State game, you ever see someone, be honest, at a sporting event or a concert where you look at them and say, hey, you're fucking going to jail tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I've seen that many times. Yeah, so we're in the bathroom line. By the way, one thing Ohio has done right before, you know what? You know, I'll be honest, this is full disclosure. We're going to give people their flowers. One thing Ohio has done right at sporting events. You want to guess what it is? What's that? They've gotten rid of the men's trough. Oh, okay. I can't be mad at that shit, man. That right. is some forward thinking, forward thinkingness right there. I don't know if women even know what we're talking about. This isn't for the okay, okay. So I'll paint the picture. So almost at every sporting event across these here United States, when men decide to go to the restroom, perhaps it's a number one. Of course it's a number one. They go. And when they get to the restroom, there's this thing that looks like either a very shallow bathtub or literally what we call a trough, like a horse trough. And men, strange, strange men, gather around this thing trying not to cross swords as they relieve themselves. <laughs> In 2019, this situation still exists, and we accept it. When King Kuta runs for office, this will be one of my major campaign promises and platforms is to do away with troughs nationwide. But yeah. Ohio, you know, say what you want about the ugly people there, the terrible food, the horrible weather. 
one thing they got right is no troughs. <sighs> Be honest, you know why people have troughs? Because um, they're on lines? To keep the flow of traffic moving in an expedient manner. Yeah. Because most men, when they go to restrooms at sporting events or other types of events, they just want to pee and get out. God knows they're not washing shit. So you want to be in, you want to be out. You want to be in, you want to be out. We want to whip it out, let it out, put it back, get out. I was last week years old when I realized troughs actually serve a key and important function for all major sporting events. And I completely underestimated what would happen in a world devoid of troughs. Still not going to change my major campaign platform. They must be done away with. But in Ohio State, the problem was the lines. Oh, God, the lines. The lines just to go number one. The lines were wrapped around things. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 Back to my point. So we're in line. And at this point, me and my, my, my brother have realized that we all we got and we need to do things in the buddy system. Uh, so... There's a guy who's just swearing F-bombs left and right. Unintelligible. Don't know what he's talking about. Then he starts kicking stall doors. I don't know why he's doing this. And he just starts swinging in the air randomly. We're like, what the fuck is going on? Meth is a hell of a drug, my friend. Meth is a hell of a drug. So that motherfucker, I'm pretty sure, went to jail at some point because he was just looking for literally anything to fight. Crazy. Yeah. Unless you think about probably what his girlfriend looks like, then you kind of understand. He'd rather go somewhere with some pretty men? Probably. Full circle. Yeah. So that was Ohio. Ohio was on some bullshit. I'm literally never going back. I told my family that I might would come back in 10 years. That's a goddamn lie. I'm literally never going back yeah. under any circumstances unless it's work-related, in which case I will never stray too far from the hotel. I've been to Ohio once. I have no, no intention of going back. It's just not pleasant it's just not it's not pleasant at all um anyway so that was ohio yeah ohio state barely won a game against penn state Woohoo! whatever uh the cincinnati bungles and the steelers played and i got to see that monstrosity in person and it's literally be at what's the best football tickets of you ever had, that you've ever had that you that someone has paid money for you mean like what seat yeah, seat. Um, I would probably say maybe 20 rows back behind one of the field goals. Atlanta Falcons yeah. versus the Carolina Panthers. Nice. Not. I would say the best seats I've ever had would be <laughs> somewhere on near the 50 so I could see everything at once. Um, but I didn't pay for those. But these ones I did pay for and I was near the 50. You said paid for. You said paid for. Yeah. I, these I did pay for and I was near the 50. The best uh, pro football NFL tickets I've ever had in my entire life. It's a goddamn shame there wasn't a pro NFL team on that field that day. Who the Bengals played? Worst played game I've ever seen in my entire life. Who did the Bengals play last week? The Steelers. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it was fucking terrible. I was like, "You motherfuckers are getting paid <laughs> like money. You getting paid real money to be here." Yeah. What the fuck? And another thing, man. If you're zero and ten. Probably not the best time to break out the Phil Collins Air of the Night song. Don't do that to Phil. <laughs> you save that energy for when it's needed. Don't do that to that. Don't 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 diminish Phil Collins like that. 
by the way, if you just heard that drum solo of the in the air of the night after I said that, I fucks with you. So that was Cincinnati. Fuck it. Never going back. Oh, last thing. As I'm heading out of Cincinnati, Ohio, the airport, I see a big mural. You know what the mural is in Ohio? Fucking riverboat. What's somebody that looks like Mark Twain? What's some fucking people, black people picking cotton? I'm like, really? What the entire fuck? What could this possibly have to do with Cincinnati or the goddamn airport? Mark Twain wasn't a racist. It's the imagery, B. It's the okay, imagery. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, benevolent, you know, southern, genteel. You should have said Colonel Sanders. Huh? You should have said Colonel Sanders, though, if you wanted to paint more accurate picture of, like, their, their racial... Well, Colonel t- Sanders ain't done nothing to me, be honest, between me and you, but try to give me 11 herbs and spices, and I can't begrudge him for that. So I don't, I don't even know where you're going with that. So you're going to hold up Colonel Sanders and push down Mark Twain. You know, wow. like I said, I don't I don't know Mark Twain. That's you know, I read though. his I read I read some of his works, you know, they all right. But them eleven, you know, herbs and spices, you know, and that gravy, man, I tell you that biscuit, I tell you what you can do. You can eat a you can eat a you need a KFC biscuit, put a little bit of honey on that thing, maybe a little bit of butter, and go about your business. You try to do a Popeye's biscuit, you may die. This why you people literally love, may die. This is why people love this show. I promise you that's why. What you just you did. may die. Gone. They come up, what happened to him, man? He had to try to eat that Popeye's biscuit. Couldn't reach sweet tea. Couldn't get there in time. He go. Anyway, man, so... Before we, get away from sport, before we get it from sports, though, did you happen to see Dwayne Wade's Thanksgiving post? Oh, man, I wasn't going to do him like that. All right, man, so... <laughs> I'm going to let you captain this, be honest. So you, right. you, you about that heat. You, about, you don't care. You don't care if your DMs and mentions are in smithereens. You don't give a fuck about what people think about you. Right. So what do you think about that picture? Well, uh, for the listeners who haven't seen it, there's a picture of um, Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union and two kids on a lovely circular staircase. Um, I guess they were giving a Thanksgiving family photo. And the older kid, who was a boy, is wearing a cropped shirt and also has a full set of nails. And I'm, when I say nails, I'm talking about like, <laughs> I'm talking about like, fit, like a full set at the, the nail salon with airbrush and acrylic colors and like the whole thing. And um, yeah, basically the, the IG world or Twitter world went crazy making jokes about it or whatever. And um, for instance, one of them says an example of toxic femininity, son got a full set of nails, bruh. And a lot of people laughed at that. Um, most people were in support of that type of, of sentiment. So Dwayne Wade goes on his Twitter and says, I've seen some post-Thanksgiving hate on social about my family photos. Stupidity is a part of the world we live in, so I get it. But here's the thing. I've been chosen to lead my family, not y'all. So we will continue to be us and support each other with pride, love, and a smile. Peace. Pride, so, huh? Yeah, pride. So what I think about the picture is I think that I don't think that it's as dangerous as a lot of people were saying. Oh, I forgot he has. I forgot to mention he has his jeans tucked into his boots as well. Um, I don't. Oh, know yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's necessarily dangerous because we we all know that Dwayne Wade's kid has been trying to come out of the closet for a long time. Gabrielle has trying been. To come Ga- Gabrielle has been on board. She's been having him do the Beyonce walking or whatever. Dwayne has kind of been kind of quiet about it, but supportive from a distance. This is the first time he's actually to that I know, maybe before, but what I this is the first time I've seen him step forward and say, Hey, this is us. Love us, hate us, whatever. We're gonna do this. I'm in control of my family. You worry about yours. So I actually completely agree with Dwayne Wade. And I have no problem with his son doing this thing that he's doing. 
Your son, you gonna let your son put his 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 nails on your shoulder and dra- and drape his his nails across your shoulder? Like you gonna do that? Yes, I would. Look at you. I absolutely would. I love my kids. Well, I love my kids to death, and and I, I think that there are far worse things my kid could be than gay or openly feminine. All right. Well, that went better than I thought it would be from you. So, um, I see you're going to make me the bad cop. No, there's no bad cop. Now, now, hold on, though. I I wasn't done. I just wanted to get that. that, I want to put a period on that sentence. Now, I also completely understand and see how this is a symbol or a sign that offends the fuck out of people who are trying to keep things the way that they are. Especially people who have spiritual ties or religious religious ties to what's good and bad and, and evil. And, you know, I completely see that too. So I'm not saying Dwayne Wade is completely out of the water. And I'm not sure that it's his job to be the, the, the torchbearer for get all things gay. So I, I see both sides. I don't know that it's toxic. I think it's a little weird for your son to have a full set of nails. And, you know... I, I would question that if I were him in a, in a sense of, hey, son, are you sure this is the image that you want to portray? Is this what you want to put forward? Because this is kind of hard to take back. Oh, ain't no taking this back. Right. So yeah, I so see both is, sides. We, we, we've reached EJ Johnson levels of fabulousness. No, 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 no. He's not even close to EJ yet, but it's, it's on the way though. Crop top, tucked in shoes, tucked in uh, jeans and the boots, full set of nails. It's not far off. And it's a very feminine way he's holding his hands. Here's the deal. This kind of dovetails into another thing that I wanted to, to breach, but although black people are not a monolith, we're not a monolithic people, we don't all do and believe the same things. I mean, if you've listened to Black on Both Sides, you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Damn doubt, that's not true. One thing that a lot of black people seem to be stuck on and I believe a part of that is uh, evangelical, the role of evangelical Christianity in the black community is that they seem to openly object to homosexuality. Don't know why. They just do. And specifically with black men, you know, this is viewed as a further feminization uh, of black men or attempt to make black men lesser than. And there have been many... Uh, African studies done by prominent people, such as Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. But the, at the end of the day, I believe, based on my experiences, that a lot of black people are just fucking homophobic, or they feel it's okay to express homophobic views. And that's just, it's been in the culture, it's in sports, it's just how it's been. And so D. Wade is not surprised that this has happened. The more surprising thing is that he's allowed this to happen, which I guess goes more about him as a man and as someone who loves his children unconditionally. Because he knew the blowback he was going to get. And this has been a pretty bad week for the Wades because just this past week, Gabrielle Union was fired off of the America's Got Talent, I believe. Uh, allegedly, or allegedly because she was uh, dressing too quote-unquote African. That was some of the show notes she got from her producers is that not to have such African... Uh, hairstyles and so that came out this week as well so this has been a very difficult week for the Wades so you know tying it back I I think that you love your kids no matter what but at the same time you are aware of the world that we live in and that 
kind of dovetails us into the ballad of Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Okay. <laughs> Good old Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, mayor of, was it Indianapolis? Indiana, one of those. Uh-huh. Indianapolis, maybe. He's running for president as a Democratic uh, candidate. Uh, for most of the last year, he's been running four or fifth in the polls. Until recently, and with, uh, with that great, um, diverse state that's Iowa and the upcoming Iowa caucuses, uh, he is now uh, the front runner among, obviously, white voters. Now, Mayor Pete is not getting almost any traction with black folk. Of all the uh, top five Democratic candidates, that would be uh, Biden, Warren, Sanders, Mayor Pete, and I guess Kamala yeah. or Booker, depending, or, or depending on the day. Uh, Mayor Pete is in single digits of support with black people. You can't win the Democratic nomination without black turnout. Just can't. Right. It's kind of a big deal. And so, you know, people are wondering why. If he, B, have you heard Mayor Pete Buttigieg speak? I have. He speaks pretty well, doesn't he? He does. He says things that sound, huh, that kind of makes sense. I like that. Usually. Um, but Mayor Pete is gay. And his name is Booty Judge. Mayor Pete is a former, uh, he served in our military. Uh, he's one of the youngest candidates there. If Mayor Pete were straight, he'd probably be running away with the Democratic nomination right now. But we're going to link this back to the, to the black community. So one of the reasons that people are saying, wondering why can't Mayor Pete get any traction in the black community? Well, one is that as an Indianapolis mayor, he hasn't done well with black crime. Uh, hate crimes and such, he doesn't have such a great record on that. In, uh, mass incarcerations, that's still, you know, sticks, you know, that's still a sticking point right. for the mayor in, in Indianapolis that he can't really get away from. Oh, what does that mean? Meaning he's, he's run his city the way most people run their cities and the way that most people run their cities usually means that people that are brown or black normally find themselves disproportionately jailed for some reason or another. So he's got to deal with that public service, nothing specific. Right. However, they've, you know, they've caught Mayor Pete in a conversation he had back, I want to say, 2011. And Mayor Pete was talking about the black community. And the problem with the alleged problem with Mayor Pete said, and I'm paraphrasing, is that in a room full of white men that was having this this conversation, Mayor Pete was talking about how essentially black people, black children, black needed to see more role models, particularly briefcases and in professional jobs rather than, you know, not. You know, B, if you were to say that, no problem. If, you know, I were to say that, probably okay. But a white man to say that in front of a group of other white men, well, some people didn't like it. Personally, I think there's worse things he could have said, but that's 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 the latest controversy is that he's by making that comment, he's showing himself to be, you know, a white elitist who doesn't get it, who's separated from from the black experience and who's feeding into, you know, pejorative norms of saying that I can fix you people. This is this is what you need. You you need you need us to show you 
you know, this is the way and this education is the way, you know, Hotep shit, basically. Yeah, I don't disagree with him, but go ahead. Yeah, Hotep shit. So he's been he's been getting dragged for this. Some people have said that he's fake and that he doesn't really care about about minorities. First off. I don't know if he cares about minorities. Um, the best way he tries to say that he can empathize with minorities is to say that being gay is akin to being a person of color. There's no nicer way to say that. That's kind of his, that's his only access point. And so that's what he says. That as being a, you know, an openly gay man, he can empathize with the plights of people of color. What do you think about that? I don't agree. I don't agree either. You know, and apparently not many people do. Right. It's a that's that's a dumb parallel. I've I've never I've never That's liked the only that one. one he has. You want to know why that's the only one he has? Statements like the other one? No. Why why is why is that the only parallel that he's that he can make? I'm I'm saying because of his his Philosophy, the statement that he made. Because he doesn't have any black friends and doesn't empathize the blacks with the black experience. He's a white man from, I guess, the uh, the middle of America who had a two parent home, who went to great schools. I think he went to Harvard or Yale, one of those. And then for whatever reason, decided to join the military. And and then he was able to run public office. He's had a pretty good life. Right. Pretty good run. The only thing is, you know. So okay, you know, he likes he, he likes dudes. But that's but about uh, the only thing he's had to deal with. So for five five minutes, please, or five seconds, please, listeners, black and both sides, listeners, and King Kunta, put yourself in his position just for five seconds. If you were a person from Middle America who was grew up around a bunch of unremarkable white people, but then you rose to the heights of going to an Ivy League school, good grades, graduated, became you know uh, whatever his his path was through through um through the, the democracy system or whatever. And he's saying, well, you know what I didn't see a lot of in my middle America upbringing, in my good school upbringing, and my, my journey through the, the democratic system? I didn't see a lot of black people with briefcases and, and suits. So you know what? Maybe if black people would put on suits more in briefcases, they could experience and realize the same dreams that I did. From his perspective, can you see how that would be applicable? That's all I'm asking. Of course I can. All right. And that's, that's not moving that's not moving the needle. It isn't moving the needle, but he's not wrong. No, he's not. But he realizes it's not enough. It's not enough though. You're right. So you know what he's doing because what he did because it wasn't enough? Uh suck the cock? No, he's gonna do that one anyway, man. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. It's kind of his thing. Um well I think it's his thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry I made there's this about some, There's, you know <laughs> I made it for a I'm sorry there's, there's definitely something going on <laughs> Someone's pitching Someone's catching Maybe they switch off I don't know It's not none, none of my business <laughs> As one of your co-hosts would say On the No Nonsense show I wouldn't know Right Anyway um, He found himself The nearest Black church he could find Oh God And showed up <laughs> Did he show out? <laughs> well, he tried. So he went to service at uh, in North Carolina uh, with the famous uh, uh, social justice uh, activist, the Reverend, Reverend William Barber. You familiar with him? I'm not. Barber, he's huge, man. He's big. He's so big he can't stand up straight. He's real big. 
he speaks very eloquently. He's one of those MLK type civil rights leaders. Oh, okay. That you know their only route to do it. Let me phrase. No, the route that they there was only a few routes to do it. One of those has to be within the church. So he's like super religious, right? But super social justice. But he's eating everything he can fucking find. Oh, you mean big like fat, big, huge? I thought you meant big like he. Everybody knows him. No, and not everybody. I mean, you not everybody because it's still civil rights through the old mechanism. Being it's not Al Sharpton. He's not pulling up, popping out. So you meant big as in he's fat as hell. Oh my god, he can't stand up straight. He's hunched over. Oh wow, yeah. It's a damn shame because he speaks so well and so eloquently and seems to be well fought, but that nigga going to die soon. He needs some CrossFit Resolute. Uh, well, you know, who am I to say? But in any event, um, so so Mayor Pete Buttigieg shows up at Black Church and he takes part in singing and uh, he takes communion because as you know, to, you know, first Sunday of the month was today. For Christians out there, that's usually when they take communion. Um, remember when Crazy Uncle Joe was denied communion last month because of his pro-life stance? But that's a whole other conversation. Also, that was a black church. Um, so after the communion, he starts fielding questions to try to talk about, you know, how he would address things with the African community, African American community. Now I don't know what he said, but. Other than the comment he made that you said, what, do you would, what would you expect him to say? And other than him trying to engage publicly with the African-American community or the perceived African-American community, community to appear that he gives any fuck about people of color, this is about all he can do. You think he can do something else, be honest? Mm, what else can he do? I don't know. This is... that that I mean... I don't got a black friend. It just is what it is. But this is, to me, this is like, um, not a trope, but this is like the cliche thing to do is to go into the church because I think a lot of the old school thinking is is caught, like those people are caught in the church and that's not where the progressive black people are are, are moving. That's not where you're going to get their attention. It, that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I think it's kind of like a cliche like to go to the church and like sit up with the choir and sing a song together. Like that doesn't, that's not he moving. That's he did. Yep. That's not moving the needle to me. That's that's actually almost a slap in the face joke. Like, whose grandma are you trying to impress? Because young black people don't give a shit about that. Am I wrong? Okay. So let's, so I don't think you are. So who's who has the who's doing the best so far today with potential black voters in the Democratic Party? Who'd you who'd you guess be? Biden. Uh, not Biden. Uh, Bernie. I would no, say Bernie. Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been with the black president for eight years. If you can't parlay that into something, I don't know what. Well, I don't, I don't know what the headline is, but um, South Carolina, Biden just got booed or something. All the Hispanic people were against him. So Biden might be losing some ground, but Bernie has figured out a way to connect with certain people who he has agents in the black community that will speak for him. And that's yeah, how he's Bernie's going to get Bernie again. He Everyone is. Everyone knows this. He is. Elizabeth Warren is like Bernie if Bernie were Better and a woman. What? So, Elizabeth Warren is Bernie if Bernie were better and a woman. Whenever Bernie talks, I feel like, you know, he's just like, I feel like he doesn't, comb, one, I feel like he doesn't comb his hair. Two, I feel true. like he could have another heart attack. That's true. Three, he just, it just sounds angry. He just sounds like he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. Yeah, but that's how most black people feel. So they relate to that. 
Eh, he, he's, he, he's, he's not. Well, who do you think it is? Who do you Calm think the down. person is? Huh? Who do you think the person is that connects most with the black base? Well, based on based on uh, on what people are polling, it's it's just uh, crazy Uncle Joe, and the younger black people, based on polls, are actually polling more with Bernie. Yeah. But Bernie's not well. So so those so those are the two. I don't and think Mayor Pete's still in the single digits. I don't think that, and I know Mayor Pete went on with Charlemagne and and you know got people to know his what his name is, but I don't think it it I don't think that he it. Translated to to any of the re- the requests or the demands or the expectations of younger black people, and him going to a church is so un- this like the self awareness is ridiculous. He has none. He can't he can't possibly believe that that's the way to black voters or black he, families. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have any black friends. He doesn't know what to do. He write, doesn't know who Killer Mike is. Write him an email. Nah. For uh, him, internet, him and Doug. Google's what, uh, Google is out there, man. Him and Doug should get an email. If Charlotte fuck Doug, if Charlemagne didn't didn't hook didn't uh, hook him up with nobody, then Charlemagne must have figured something out. Anyway, so Mayor Pete, he's probably gonna come. <laughs> he's probably gonna win the Iowa caucus, and but after that, I think he's gonna have a huge problem in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, the last time we talked, did we talk about Bloomberg and we, uh, we we touched on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bloomberg has now started his uh, mass campaign of bombarding everyone, trying to whip us with his, you know, money dick into trying to vote for him. I think that's have, have what he started is, seeing his uh, his ads. I haven't seen his ads yet, but I think that's it's, he's trying to be the the Democratic Trump or the is he a Democrat or a Republican? Right. So I've seen his ads. <laughs> I'm not being facetious. That's actually a good question. Yeah. 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 You sh- and you should turn around and ask Bernie the same question. <laughs> Are you a Democrat? Right. Because that answer would be no. You knew that, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's not a Democrat. What is he? Independent. Okay. Uh, Bloomberg says he's a Democrat, but okay. Yeah. Sure, you're a buddy. Yeah. As I- of... Anyway, long story short, so I'm starting to see this shit on uh, social media and the internet. Uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I think I might have saw a television commercial. He's using that billionaire money dick to start trying to get his name out there for people who... Look. Everybody already knows who Michael Bloomberg is. Right. And the words of my favorite NFL football player of all time, Deion Sanders. Ain't nobody care. Ain't nobody care. Yeah, I agree. Meaning, I wish he could have just given me the money. If he just give me, because if he just gave me the money, then you know I could probably have a better chance than he does in this thing. But uh, in any event, so so that's what started to happen. I think what we're seeing is that the Democratic field is not strong. Huh? Really? You think? I thought I swore I said that last week. Un- unelectable, all of them. Well, it was two weeks ago. If you're talking about this show, yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, Kamala Harris, um, her campaign is, has a lot of internal dysfunction. I believe she recently ousted like her campaign director or whatever, and they're all talking, and it's just not good. Uh, but she just posted a higher, you know, higher donation earnings this month and the month before. So we'll see. I think it's all too soon. I think it's all maybe a little bit too soon to figure out who's going to be challenging Trump. Uh, if Trump is still in office, 
Um, which gets us back to the uh, meat of this thing. So we finished last week or week, uh, two weeks ago, finished the second week of the hearings. You heard from uh, um, former uh, uh, Ambassador Fiona Hill. She was the, actually, I'm not sure if she was ambassador, but she was the top diplomat on Russia and the Ukraine. She worked directly under, the, uh, under John Bolton, uh, the National Security Advisory. That bitch did not come to play. Did you see Fiona Hill at all? I didn't. Director, man, man. It's like she didn't care who was asking her questions. It's like, you better come correct or don't come at all. She was fact-checking people in real time, not just Republicans, both sides. So one of the big takeaways from her is that she was very concerned that it seems that our, polit- our politicians are parroting, what does parroting mean? Repeating, regurgitating, Vladimir Putin's talking points when they say that the Ukraine interfered in the 2016 election. This is what Vladimir Putin wants. She made it very clear, no uncertain terms. This is what the Russians want. They want us to say this. And I am surprised that members of this and Congress are saying these things. This United States security... uh, all the security here, the United States security and the and with our allies, they've all come to one unanimous decision. 2016 election interference was primarily the Russians. The Russians. But you see how you keep now you started to say primarily. You didn't you weren't saying that before. So now I'm hearing you say primarily too. So are you saying that there's also other influences as well? Or are you I'm saying that given who and what we are. There's always going to be people like China, like Iran, that will try to cyber attack where we are. Right. And so even though that being said, it is, undis- it is indisputable by the Security Committee that the, the threat to the United States in 2016 was the Russians. And let me be clear. Let me be very clear. And not the Ukrainians. So my primary was literally China and Iran, maybe but clearly not the Ukrainians. Everything Trump is doing is to attack, is to figure out what the Ukrainians did to the election. And that is a Russian-Soviet talking point. Why? Because Russia wants to destabilize the relationship between the United States and Ukraine. Why? Because Russia is fighting a hot hot war with Ukraine right now. Why? Because they're trying to re-annex the Ukraine back into Russia. Why? Because they have lots of oil fields and the amount of uh, land is almost the size of Texas. That's why. Yeah. Is that it? No. Because after they get through the Ukraine with no resistance, then they'll just keep doing it until someone makes them stop. Right. Why is that bad? Sick it spreads throughout all of Eastern Europe and into Western Europe. And we got What does the, that mean? We have the USSR that means again. That our national security could be at risk. And we have the USSR again. Is that a bad? Yes, that's yeah. bad. Oh, Back yeah, before definitely. 1990, we thought we might go to World War III and the whole world would explode. So yes, yes, so all this is bad. So the whole Ukrainian, they interfered, came from Putin's mouth to Trump's ear and then from someone with Putin to G- Rudolf Giuliani. And Rudolf Giuliani was dispatched as the president's attorney to go seek out corruption in the Ukraine that was interfering with the 2016 elections 
that did notwithstanding that still weren't able to prevent Donald J. Trump from being elected. So we heard testimony from Dr. Fiona Hill and we heard testimony from um, Ambassador Bill Sunderland. Ambassador Bill Sunderland was one of the quote-unquote three amigos. He was the major diplomat brought in by Trump to deal with Ukraine, even though his, his uh, title was the head of the European, uh, ambassador of the European Union, of which Ukraine is not part of. Uh, ambassador Sunderland is the one that uh, was accused of saying um, there is a quid pro quo. Of course, we're withholding this shit. Uh, Trump wants this. He wants the investigation. Trump doesn't give a shit about Ukraine, only about important things like the Bidens and getting reelected, that sort of shit. Uh, uh, Sunderland was the guy that Ambassador Bill Taylor said he had these conversations with. Sunderland was the guy that the uh, Bill Taylor's uh, subordinate came in and said, yeah, he was on the phone with Donald Trump and it was so loud he had to hold the phone from his ear. And there were two other people there. B, did you see that? It was an it was an un and it was an un, unsecured private telephone call. So remember when we talked about this last? Yes. You were trying to see if it was no B. Yeah. That was his T-Mobile phone, dog. Wow. Sitting in a restaurant in Kiev in the middle of Ukraine. That's frequented by all kinds of people. Yeah. And then Sunland says, "Oh no, we do that shit all the time." Yeah. That's how we talk all the time. I mean, sometimes we don't, but yeah, sometimes we do. Yeah. I know that we can if we don't pick up. <laughs> so so this dude, this dude says, everybody knew, I knew, uh, Mitch, uh, the, the White House chief of staff, uh, Mitch, Mick Mulvaney knew, uh, energy director, uh, Rick Perry knew, we all knew, everybody knew. President Trump was told us everything ran through Giuliani. Everybody knew. Everybody knew everything. I was only doing what I thought was okay. Uh, what I was doing was at you know, the president and at Giuliani's direction. So, of course, why would I think this was not above board? You know, of course it has to be. Everybody knew. I, these are my channels. Mulvaney, uh, Perry, uh, Mike Pompeo, they all were in the loop. We all were talking. And everybody knew we go through Giuliani, and this is what the president wanted. Everybody knew. In other words, this is not a separate channel. It's not a. It's not a a, a, a separate alternative in, improper channel to doing this, as as Ambassador Bill Taylor testified. And would Sunderland know? No, the fuck he wouldn't. Why is Sunderland ambassador? Because he's a Portland hotel owner who donated a million dollars to Donald Trump's election campaign, and was rewarded with being an ambassador. In other words, what the fuck does he know about how the State Department does shit? He don't know. Which I, is why he'd be calling the president on his T-Mobile phone right. in the middle of Kiev. I thought that it was... doesn't explain why the president picked up on the other end, but that's why he called. But uh, you know what's funny about now that you say that? I, I'm looking back at the, the test when he was during his testimony. Um, he had like a smirk on his face, almost like he didn't either respect where he was or didn't know where he was and now what what you're saying kind of is making that like solidifying my brain why because he is is he's so far in over his head that it probably doesn't it doesn't register with him what all is nope. going on nope he still thinks he's not going to be in trouble for perjury he's fucking wrong anyway so Sunderland came and testified and, and so the upshot is 
the information we have lays knowledge at several people's feet. It lays knowledge at Ambassador Bill Sunderland, who's in direct contact with President Trump and also in direct contact with Giuliani, who also testified that Giuliani was the point person in all this. Why? Because the president told him he was. He says Mick Mulvaney, the White House chief of staff, also knew about all this, also responsible for putting the hold on the military aid. He also says Rick Perry knew. Matter of fact, we had a nickname for ourselves. We were the Three Amigos. Donald Trump, of course, knew because Donald Trump says, talk to my lawyer. My lawyer is Rudy. Donald Trump says, talk to Rudy. My, our understanding, Bill Sutherland, is if we wanted to do something, we had to work with Rudy. Yeah. So last week, your president said this about Rudy. Huh. I don't know what Rudy was doing. <laughs> I read that. Rudy has other clients out there. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know what he'd be doing when he's not with me. Yeah, I don't, you know, I've never instructed him to do anything <laughs> like that. All right, so let's get to the so what. So we had uh, two weeks of hearings before the uh, uh, investigatory hear hearings before. I want to say the uh, Intelligence Committee with Adam Schiff. So before we started this whole boondoggle, uh, impeachment or removal stood at about 50%. After all these public hearings, be honest, you want to know where impeachment and removal, where the uh, polls for people in support of impeachment and removal of Donald Trump stand? Where? 50%. No change. Mm. No change. So this week we have uh, the, so the, the uh, intelligence committee has wrapped up its report of what's happened and what it's found. They're giving that report to the, uh, Congressional Judiciary Committee, headed by, uh, I want to say, Nadler, Jim Nadler. And what they're going to do is they're going to take the report. They may have more, more witnesses. They may have a few more hearings. And once they're done, if there are articles of impeachment, which there will be, they will be drawn up immediately and it will go to a vote then and there. That's my understanding. So throughout this entire process, the Republicans have said, you know, lack of transparency, the president has no rights, you know, no due process, due process, due process. Well, uh, in the last few rounds of hearings, um, it changed when the hearings became public. It became less about due process to, oh, well, the process is tainted. And Jim Jordan of Ohio you know, you know, says that, you know, said that, well, basically you've got, you know, you've got this person and that person saying this to someone else. And it's like, he said, she said, it's all hearsay. Mind you, this isn't a court. And the, the evidence, rules of evidence aren't applicable. And even if they were, there are numerous exceptions to hearsay, including crime fraud. Um, and to which another Democratic congressman said, well, you know, if you want the person that started this to be here, we have an open invitation to President Trump. He can come testify before us anytime he wants. He can sit right there. So at these new hearings before the con Congressional Judiciary Committee, there has been an open invitation issued to President Trump to have his attorneys present for whatever round of hearings there are before the articles are voted on. And as we sit here today, uh, 
there is no indication that Donald Trump or any attorneys on his behalf will appear at, attend, or try to present evidence, favorable evidence for the president at this last penultimate round of hearings before articles will likely be drawn up and voted on. Another major issue is that the people that are closest to the president have not been allowed to talk. Mick Mulvaney, John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, Rick Perry. The individuals that are at the center of this, Rudolph Giuliani, either have not or uh, been allowed to talk by the president or have ignored congressional subpoenas. So we don't have the people that could you know, easily exonerate the president willing to come and speak if they could do so. I don't know about you, be honest, but that usually leads to an inference that if you don't have anything to hide, then you wouldn't hide anything. If you do have something to hide, then you would hide everything. Uh, I don't know, because they, they say that about the transcript, and he opened the transcript up, and you still didn't leave him. What do you mean? So they were saying that... Um, when when the uh, tra- when the whistleblower came forward and said that the call was tainted and there was all these issues with it, Trump released all of it. He released the the, the transcript to the call completely. Like I have wait, nothing wait, to hide. That's not true. What he released was a memorandum of the tr- of the transcript of the call. It's not the actual transcript. Oh, so that's not the full that's transcript. That's a lie. They keep saying. Okay. That's not the, that's not the, the transcript. That I didn't hear a that memorandum of the call, which is why there are all sorts of ellipses and things. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So Trump keeps telling you it's the transcript. It's not the transcript. Um, secondly, even the transcript itself, it's like the reverse smoking gun. It's like a. It's like we're trying to like we're trying to work backwards from the crime. We already have the confession. The confession is inside of the transcript. When he says, "I need you to do me a favor, though." What we're working back from is all the things that went into holding the aid and the inv- and the invitation before then. That's at least 60 days of work to get to that point. Right. And we're finding how deep this was to get to that point. And we're seeing that no one understood why the aid was held from the, from the uh, State Department or from the military. We're seeing that none of the ambassadors could understand why the newly elected president of Ukraine was being denied an opportunity just to shake hands with Trump at the White House, thereby signaling to Russia that the United States is not abandoning its, you know, its its ally who's fighting a hot war against Russia. Because everything we do or don't do, even the act of holding up the aid, sends a message to Russia of, you know, our relationship with them is not that strong. Right. So maybe go in a little bit further. So all of these things, we're working backwards. The truth of the matter is, you know, these are so in the Nixon um, impeachment, the Nixon tapes came out at the end. We're doing the reverse. Not only do we have the Nixon, we got the Nixon tape at the very beginning of this thing for no reason. He just say, hey, here you go. Right. And, and so then, so one, it's not the full transcript Two, the crime is clearly laid out there. And, and so, so this is kind of where we are, but you want to know what my problem about all of this is? Shoot doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter. This is a Pyrrhic victory. You know what a Pyrrhic victory is. I do not. A Pyrrhic victory is essentially like a moral victory. Okay. Meaning, yeah, you won, but you've really won nothing. So, whatever Jimmy Nadler does 
with the uh, oversight, I'm sorry, the, uh, the judicial, Judiciary Committee, it's 100% going to lead to articles of impeachment, probably two or three, maybe four. They're going to go to a, vote, a floor vote in the House of Representatives. It's likely going to vote along party lines. The Democrats have the majority. The president will be impeached. The impeachment articles will then go to a hearing before the Senate, where the Senate is the majority party. Uh, and that majority party, I'm sorry, in the Senate, the majority party is the Republicans. Right. And Mitch McConnell presiding. And they're going to, you know, not only put on a dog and dog and pony show, whether after they figure out whether they should have this quick or slow, what will be the most advantageous to them for the election. They may also try to harass Joe Biden by having his son being brought in. Now, because the Democrats sometimes try to do play by a different set of rules than Republicans, Joe Biden suddenly be dumb enough to show up to this when issued a subpoena. But what he should probably do is the same shit that Trump's people have done, which is tie this thing up in the courts. Yep. No matter what happens, at the end of the day, there's going to be a vote in the Senate. And you know what that vote's going to be for? Not, not removal. Exactly. There are not going to be enough votes. So we're back at square one. Who are these people voting for Donald Trump? And that's then that we'll head into the 2020 election and we'll learn whether or not moderates and independents care that their sitting president was impeached for really bad things. Make no mistake about it. Asking a foreign government to interfere in your election, it's a bad thing. Would you agree or disagree, B? I agree. Not only is it a bad thing, you know how we always talk about what the founding fathers would have wanted, what they would have done in the situation? They actually thought about this exact same fucking situation. Someone who's a president using presidential power to make some to get someone outside of the United States to do something in their election. They thought exactly about this. This is textbook. Like uh, the Nixon situation. Nixon was doing that here inside the United States against an in, in country rival. When the country, when the United States was founded, they were a very young country with a very young idea. All the other countries that they had been relying on or trying to get aid from or going up against, these are well-established old countries. France, England, Spain. The biggest fear the founders had was once they got the thing together that one of these other big countries, not England, would come back in and somehow turn them into puppets again. FYI, without the French, the United States doesn't win uh, their, their war of independence. Just facts. Google that if you'd like. Right. So these are, these are things that have, were here, concerns from the beginning with the founding fathers. Yet here we are, B, and no one gives a shit. Most um, average Americans don't care. If you were following this when it first happened, depending on where you got your news, you would probably believe the president's committed a crime. If you weren't following this and were just living your life, minding your own business, looking at the amount of money you got back in your income tax, you probably don't give a shit. You know, B, you and I had this brief exchange in the Slack room today about, you know, how we feel about consequences and things of that nature. Right. Even though my comments are about humanity as a whole, I also believe that in this country, 
there are consequences that we're about to experience. We've been passive, the collective we, about a lot of things for far too long. And when you don't pay attention to what's going on, things happen you're not aware of, and all those things are not good. So I don't know if we can recover from all the things that have happened, happened that we've allowed to happen to this point. And it's not just the Trump presidency. You know, a lot of this started taking root during Obama's presidency. We didn't, a lot of flames got fanned that allow us to get to this point. But from a foreign policy perspective, we are toast with trying to get people to help us do things because they can't trust us. Yeah. From a, a national perspective, we haven't really been this divided since the 60s, this openly divided. And throughout all of this, somewhere in Moscow, that motherfucker Putin is just Birdman rubbing his hands together, <laughs> saying, there's nothing like a plan coming together. I don't know, man. I don't know where to go from here. I hope Trump gets defeated in 2020. But whether he does or whether he doesn't, a lot of damage has been done to the brand at home and in a way. So we'll be here for it. We'll watch it. We'll see how it goes. But this might be the end, man. I don't know. End of everything. You don't know where I'm going with this, do you? I don't. Be about, I don't know, about four days ago, right before the holiday, I put in a CNN article in the Slack room. Did you, do you recall it now? Uh, let me see. I don't remember exactly. Give me a hint. So, last week, CNN reported that at, the, at Washington, D.C., the Capitol, the White House, there is a report on radar of a slow-moving blob. Oh, yeah. I didn't read it. <laughs> didn't read it. So, CNN... Real news, not fake news, not the onion, not, you know, what they call it, not the, the, the Sun Review or National Enquirer. Yeah, not National Enquirer, not any of those sources that perhaps someone like a Jay Smooth would rely on during a fake news segment. Actual, factual, CNN, regular degular on the website. Don't even think it made it to TV. A slow-moving blob at or near the White House seen on radar resulting in fighter jets being scrambled. November the 28th, I believe. I saw the 26th, 28th, one of those. 26th. Fighter jets are scrambled. And they have now decided, oh, must have been a flock of birds. I don't know, man. Somebody's got the mortgage on this house out here. They do. They might not like how the way things are going. What do you think about that, Ben? You're a military man. How hard is it to to confuse a flock of birds on a radar? I don't know. I've never or, I've never been part of that that team, so I don't know. I don't know that. I'm just 
Does it sound like a flock of birds could could make scramble? Uh, could make a fighter jet scramble? I, I don't know, man. I would. I, having seen the equipment, I doubt that it's less than hundred million dollar system. So I doubt that. Um, I, I mean, you gonna scramble the jets? <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'm I'm freestyle on this. Let me let me be very clear about the CNN article. A slow moving blob that may have been a flock of birds triggered a lockdown of the White House and caused the U.S. Capitol to be placed on restrictive access Tuesday morning. This is on November 26. Senior national security officials across the agencies convened to coordinate and monitor the situation after the mysterious blob was seen on the radar at the Capitol Police Command Center flying just south of the National Mall. Military aircraft were scrambled in response. Initial assessments indicated that the blob was an unauthorized aircraft entering a restrictive airspace, leading to the brief lockdown. Hmm. Senior officials across the interagency were monitoring the situation on a national event conference call. NORAD aircraft were on site and responding. However, the plane was not considered hostile at the time. That was what was given by Pentagon spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Chris Mitchell uh, shortly as the event had happened. Hours after the event was given the all clear, a defense official told CNN that the final determination had not yet been made as to what exactly caused the event. Apparently, the U.S. defense official... I assume we're talking about Chris uh, Mitchell said that there were three possibilities, bird, an atmospheric anomaly, or a drone. It is still not known, says U.S. Capitol Police source, what happened other than there was a big, slow-moving blob of something. Okay. Hmm. They don't know, so... They don't know. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any words for that either. I have no idea. But two Capitol Police sources told CNN that the flying ob- object may have just been a flock of birds, given how slowly it was moving and how it appeared on radar, then dissipated. Is that does that mean disappear? I don't know that birds that? can dissipate, but hey. Yeah, I don't know. Does that mean it was moving slow and it was gone? Okay. Disintegrate, <laughs> dis- disintegrate into air? Like I don't know. Is it a magic trick? Hmm. A U.S. official told CNN that the Federal Aviation Administration did not see any aircraft on its radar. Military jets and helicopters scrambled in response to yeah. what was reported. Uh, a scrambled in response said that they reported nothing in the sky. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know, Kuntum. Could be aliens. Okay. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's God. Okay, pilot, a trained radio operator should be able to differentiate between a flock of birds and an aircraft. Same sentence. But this mistake is actually a fairly common one. Nigga, what? Yeah, <laughs> okay. A trained radi- radar operator should be able to differentiate between a flock of birds and an aircraft, comma. But this mistake is actually a fairly common one. So there are no trained, I don't, okay. I can, if you like, I can ask around for some of my buddies to see who was um, was a radar person and see if I can get a, 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 a answer that makes sense. 
So this is, you know, Kunta's not reading from uh, UK Daily Mall, Daily Mail. Kunta's not reading from, uh, from, uh, from The Onion. TMZ. This is fucking CNN. If you put in slow-moving blob and it, it will pull up on Google. This, is, this was on Tuesday, November 26, 2019. I don't know, man. A lot of strange shit happening. A lot of, a lot of unforced and forced errors. It was cold as fuck in California. Thought Ohio had followed me home. I don't know, man. Might not be long. Something's going to change. I don't know what, but it's got to. All right, Doomsday Kunta. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That's <laughs> actually a lie. I don't feel fine at all. Right. Well, that's what I was saying today. I don't, I don't feel fine. Something feels off, and that's where we start having this humanity and cultural talk. Yeah, it's because you didn't. You apparently didn't pay attention to the fucking slow-moving blob. Yeah, I didn't see the blob. <laughs> Appeared over the White House, scrambled the jets, and oopsie scroodles, nothing to see here. The shit just dissipated or disappeared, whatever. You're right. We were wrong. It's not what we thought it was. Well, what do you think it is? Not sure. <laughs> not sure what it was, but it's not here no more. Right? Right? Look at the bright light. Look over here. <laughs> All right, man. So that's that. It, 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 a lot's going on, man. Don't be apathetic. Pay attention to what you can. Stay, stay with the facts where you can find them. Hey, when you think you've got the facts, dig deeper. And, uh, you know, don't get your news from Facebook. That, that, that's all I have for right now. We've got more hearings coming up that if you've been following, you're going to be appalled by and care about. If you have not been following, you're not going to care. Anyway, long story short, Donald Trump will probably be running for president in 2020 unless he dies. Right. Because he did go to the doctor and we don't know why two weeks ago too. So here's what it is, peep, peeps. That's what it is. It's crazy. You know, you got you to gotta stay ready so you don't gotta get ready. That's what I do. Just like sugar-free. Taught me that. Live by it. <laughs> black on both sides or nothing is black and white. 